Hi, I'm Steph from Greywind, and make sure to tune in to Concerts That Made Us. Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The show is about to begin. This episode, I'm chatting with Steph O'Sullivan from Irish emo band Greywind. Unless you've been living under a rock recently, you've seen them go viral on TikTok and Instagram. But what you may not know is that they have a very interesting history, and you're about to hear all about it. So, without further ado, let's get on with the show. Thanks a lot. 
Steph O'Sullivan, you're very welcome to Concerts That Made Us. Hello. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. You guys must be one of the most exciting bands in Ireland at the moment. Oh, thank you. That's oh god, I'm so bad at taking compliments. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's an Irish thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think everyone's just like, oh, I don't know, just say like you get like awkward, but it's, yeah. But thank you, thank you. I don't know what I never know what else to say. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I can't wait to share your story with the listeners. You guys, you kind of do things a bit backwards. I mean, you start off with the record deal, playing big festivals before you even play your hometown. But um, we'll start at the very beginning. Can you remember your very first musical memory? Oh, okay. Oh, damn, I have to go way back now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my first, like musical memory was I mean this is gonna it's not very emo but Disney (laughs) I was like a complete I still am I still love Disney and I think even like the songs and that the melodies and stuff I still love I think that's why I love I still love Disney I think I'm not saying we sound like Disney but (laughs) I think I appreciate a good melody because I my first love of music was Disney songs and stuff so and then that was obviously when I was a baby like but I'm now 28 and I still love it but um, and then my first like bands I remember I loved Busted and Muckfly they were like I think they were like the kind of thing that everyone likes before they get into the full rock music yeah it's (laughs) like a good introduction yeah they were like the little gateway to so then I discovered My Chemical Romance and that Ah. changed everything that (laughs) I was I always knew I wanted to sing but when I saw My Chemical Romance I was like oh my god I need to be in a band like this is it okay I'm in a I want to be in a rock band and Gerard Way like he was I loved how dramatic he was and just so like his expressions and even the lyrics everything how they can be so dark but again sounds so like melodic and beautiful at the same time so my moments were like the first of my teenage years they were like my first kind of grey wind musical memory <laughs> <laughs> right right some good ones there some good ones there I've uh I've actually seen my came in concert years ago now I didn't get to see him when they came this year but uh oh they're they're unreal one of the best yeah, I saw them for the first time two months ago when they were in Dublin. I had wanted to see them since I was almost been like 12 when I first like discovered them. But I just never, I, I think I saw like every other band growing up that I loved, like Fall Out Boy, Taking Back Sunday, Jimmy World. But I never saw My Chemical Romance, who were my ultimate favourite. So seeing them like two months ago I was transported back I was (laughs) gone I was like I was crying like it was it was as if I was 14 again and I was so happy like just seeing kind of my idols up on the stage even though now I'm in a band it's just so I felt I forgot who I was for a second I was like (laughs) losing my mind and then there's like fans there who were like looking at me and I was like oh god I have to wait should I be acting cool now I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't hide it like I was like nah I'm living the best moment right now (laughs) yeah yeah I take it they were just as good as they were years ago so incredible yeah they're amazing amazing so when you and Paul were growing up was uh music always something you guys were interested in yeah um well our mom is she is a singer as well like she sings like 
opera star like she's a soprano but now she's kind of sings a lot of other stuff but she um and she used to teach singing and piano and stuff so I can't play piano still I don't know how that happened <laughs> but so she would teach me kind of how to sing like throughout my whole life basically so and again the Disney songs <laughs> she would have teaching I remember she was teaching us the beauty and the beast song <laughs> when I was like five <laughs> so it was kind of always in the house and my dad always had rock music so it was the kind of difference like he had Thin Lizzy and Queen and all the good stuff uh-huh. growing up. So that kind of, I think that's why I love rock music as well. Like I love all types of music, but I think that's obviously why I must be in a rock band subconsciously somewhere. Um, but yeah, so we're always kind of surrounded by music and I'm lucky as well. We always say we're really lucky that me and Paul have the exact same taste in music. <laughs> like, yeah, I can't imagine. Imagine trying to write songs. I don't know how people do it when you don't maybe it could be more creative I guess but I we just always we usually like the same stuff like he always used like he introduced me to like Jimmy Eat World and Take Mac Sunday when I was younger and stuff he'd always bring home the CDs from school that people have given him <laughs> you know the burnt CDs like back in the day and yeah he introduced me to all those so yeah so we've kind of always been surrounded by music yeah yeah, yeah. and one thing when people listen to your songs, they may be surprised to find out you're from Killarney. Now, personally, I know Killarney. It's a beautiful area, but it doesn't scream emo. What yeah. was it like growing up in Killarney, being into that music? Oh, my God. The amount of times I got called goth and emo <laughs> on the streets. And now I'm like, yeah, I'm embracing it. <laughs> I'm like the queen of emo now. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it was, yeah, as you can imagine, it was like, completely not an emo scene there wasn't there's there still isn't really a scene me and Paul just were like okay this is Irish emo this is it this is what we grew up listening to these are the songs we're writing like there's so many people even in the past couple of weeks that have discovered us and have said oh my god this sounds so nostalgic to me this is like the sound I grew up on and it, like it's just because me and Paul basically we've if we've just written kind of what bands we grew up with and it's just subconsciously kind of come out of us but yeah it's the artwork that we have I think you can see the Killarney references like on our album the artwork with the mountains and the lake and the snow and stuff that's kind of inspired by Killarney but yeah musically it's there's no like traditional (laughs) Irish music in there (laughs) yeah yeah I didn't think so no (laughs) maybe like album three we might like slip in an accordion or something yeah or a fiddle or something like that (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) That'd be a very interesting take on emo now. (laughs) (laughs) So what point did you guys, you know, realize you want a career in music? Um, Oh my God, that's that's a deep question. (laughs) (laughs) I all, well, like I said before, I always wanted to sing. And then when I discovered my performance, I knew, okay, I want to be in a band. This is the kind of capacity I want to sing in. I want to be in a rock band. And then we kind of just didn't really do any like I wasn't in any band growing up it was just kind of I don't know how I thought I was going to be in a band again Clarny had no I we I didn't really look to be in a band I just in my head I was like yeah I'm going to be in a band I'm going to play warp tour I'm going to tour the world had no band like Paul didn't even play guitar at this point he didn't play guitar until I think he was like 18 or something like it was yeah so we kind of but he again was like yeah I want to be in a band too it's like how are we doing this <laughs> like we're not actively trying to be in a band but we always like kind of wrote little songs not really proper songs but we'd be like yeah just little kind of 
crap songs <laughs> but um, and just for ourselves that like, we just literally sing like to each other like and then so then Paul learned guitar and he would be playing acoustic guitar and then we'd go busking in Killarney and we'd be sitting like on the floor like <laughs> too scared to stand up like eventually we did stand up and then we would be just be singing like taking back sunday and like the killers and stuff and there'd be people walking past like what are these two of these little goths like what are they doing <laughs> like not knowing what we're singing and um yeah and then we basically then it, this story kind of turns a bit dark now <laughs> but right. basically lovely very emo so um then our in the kind of the middle of all that our uncle actually committed suicide and we were very close to him and that kind of completely broke us obviously and we were in like we had never really experienced death like that before of someone so close to us and it kind of really kind of woke us up to think okay wait we we need to do something with our lives like properly we wouldn't need to focus I don't want to waste a minute doing something I never want to do I want to be in a band I want to tour the world and we just kind of believed and then Paul I remember came to me one day and was like I have this rough like draft of this song afterthoughts and he showed me and we were like oh, okay that's good <laughs> like this is not bad <laughs> and then uh we kind of worked on it together and then I was complaining about I want to be in a band and then Paul was like oh my god shut up like <laughs> <laughs> so he found a, a studio up in Belfast like across the country like the opposite side of the country we probably could have found one closer like but we found one on the opposite side of the country um and we just kind of worked on it at home kind of didn't have any equipment knew didn't know anything about production or anything so then we kind of got it ready enough like in a nice way to be able to demo it so then our mom drove us up to Belfast <laughs> you know very, again very rock and roll very emo and went up there did recorded afterthoughts had like program drums on the demo and had the guy in the studio he played bass on it and Paul did all the guitars obviously and then I I think I sang I sang for like 15 minutes in the booth like wasn't really thinking about it whereas now I wish I could do that now I'm so <laughs> so then yeah we recorded it and then we were sitting on the couch in the studio and he was the guy was playing it back and we were like oh my god wait this sounds this sounds really good like, we were like wait this isn't like bad like damn <laughs> so we were kind of like shocked like and then Again, didn't really think of it. We just, um, then we went home and the next day we uploaded it onto like SoundCloud and YouTube, all the usual stuff. And and a couple of weeks before this, we had decided, oh, we'll call ourselves Grey Wind. We kind of didn't really think, we weren't kind of planning anything. We were just wanted to do something because yeah. we were, we just wanted to kind of release something and feel like, okay, we're progressing in some way. We're not just sitting here busking or not doing anything. So we put that up. And then the next day we had like every major label, a bunch <laughs> of managers emailing us and we thought it was fake. Like we thought oh, this song, yeah. like, like messing with <laughs> us, like, but it was all real. We checked, we Googled them all <laughs> and we were like, Oh, oh God, they God. have LinkedIn. <laughs> So yeah, they were all real, and then we we were like, it kind of all happened, and you that never happens. Like even now, when I look back, I'm like that doesn't happen. Like it's very fairy tale esque, like very Disney. Yeah, it's <laughs> like something straight out of a movie now. Yeah, so we were very like confused and completely like shocked, and again like just in awe of like what was happening, and we were like, damn, one this song, like, and we had. 
felt it was special, but I, you wouldn't expect that to kind of happen. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So then we went over to London and had a bunch of meetings and managers and stuff. And then we signed with a management company and then ended up signing a record deal. And then, you know, it's all like, oh, everything's amazing. <laughs> and then yeah. But it, it never really is in the music industry, as I'm sure you've heard many stories. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah. So we then we met our producer, Jason Perry, who who did Muck Fly albums, which I grew up like listening to and stuff. So which I didn't actually know who he was before that, which I should have known as a super Muck Fly fan. I should have known that. Yeah, <laughs> so <yeah>. I'm not- <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we flew out to Texas and did our debut album afterthought so we had like we had the bones of a bunch of songs like kind of written kind of really didn't do any pre-production like we kind of just went to Essex with Jason for like a month or two and just kind of fixed every song basically so we kind of had our album written without even realizing it if that makes sense (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah, kind of we we didn't kind of specifically like sit down go okay we're writing an album now we just kind of had it all there in front of us without realizing so we then went to texas came back from texas and then we while our album was being mixed and mastered it was like in the middle of all that we got a phone call from our management at the time saying oh it was island records who we signed to and they said oh we're dropping the eight the eight or six or eight acts that um didn't make us money this year and we hadn't released anything to make money (laughs) so it was (laughs) Yeah, and they then they were like, yeah, there's no Paramore songs on this either. So it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> like yeah. So it's kind of that. It was probably a mixture of all that, but um, and then it was just a bit from there. I think even our management at the time kind of were kind of done. Like they kind of shut off. They probably thought, oh, this is not going to work. And but so yeah, um, they, we then really went on to release the album through spine farm records and which is kind of universal little thing through that and then it was amazing like we me and paul were like so excited we were like okay let's start like we'll this is we have to we can't just we never expect i think a lot of people i remember at the time a lot of people i think thought we were very like because you're in such a big management at the time and you're on a label and stuff they i think they thought you could skip like a million steps and I know probably from the outside it looks like that but we never thought like that like we always just wanted to tour we obviously I'm so grateful we got to do like reading like that's not normal and reading and leaves and download like I know from the outside it's like oh my god they must be living the dream and at points we were but then you come home and no one's booked you anything for like five months and then the Mm. next thing you're doing is download and you're like (laughs) it's kind of like yeah and then you see all all the other bands are like touring constantly and stuff and you're like oh why aren't we doing that and I I don't know it was just the wrong kind of team around us at the time and yeah so I'm like you said at the start we did everything kind of backwards (laughs) (laughs) still it was very it was it was amazing but it was so really difficult at the time it was like Oh, like I said, it was like a roller coaster. It's like one minute you're like, oh, I'm playing Reading. Oh, and now I'm in Killarney for like five months doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like, so it was, it was really mentally like messed up. Like I, yeah. uh, so that was kind of the rough kind of start. And then so we got to do amazing things. Like we got to do Rock and Ring and Reading and Download and all that. And then, then our management around our album came out. And we played a sold out show in London the day it came out. And we were like, oh my God, we're in London and we're selling out a show. Like, this is insane. And then 
time went by and it was like the end of the year and then the management at the time were like yeah we we can't really see this going any further we're going to drop you and oh, I didn't get the phone call as well my Paul got the phone call it was very brutal <laughs> but um yeah so it was very like kind of out of nowhere but we weren't happy anyway so it was, it was fine like I mm. forgive <laughs> so, so then we were like okay let's just go on and do our thing like we're not stopping ever and I think when you say that to some people they're like oh yeah they will stop eventually but no Grey would never stop <laughs> that's good to hear <laughs> yeah so we were like we booked our first Ireland show then ourselves because we had, hadn't played in Ireland still at this point I played Reading I haven't played Ireland <laughs> so we booked yeah it's so messed up I know I'm sorry to everyone listening they probably hate me <laughs> <laughs> But so we booked, then we booked a Dublin show and played in Dublin and then kind of, we're just kind of going along, like nothing, like obviously we had nice opportunities and stuff, but um, we're kind of just there and we're thinking, okay, what do we do? Um, Then from years past, we played Isle of Wight, we supported Palais Royale and Yumi at Six. Like again, there was some really good moments, but it's that thing again where it's like amazing and then you're not kind of doing anything. And yeah, so um, then we got got another manager <laughs> and another one in, and then yeah, you kind of did some not a lot of stuff, and then coronavirus happened. Of <laughs> so, course, yeah. Then that happened, and it was like, oh god, <laughs> this is great now. Like <laughs> I felt like, oh, we were like we support Palais Royale, and we were like, okay, everything. Like, and we were we went over to the studio to record a follow-up song since we had recorded the album so it was like our first song in a couple of years and we were so excited and then the coronavirus happened and we were like oh, great <laughs> so we were sitting on the song am i asleep we had that like we had the, the recording of it ready but we weren't able to shoot the music video because obviously we couldn't travel so we were like oh we can't just put out the song and now everything's shut down there's no point so we were sitting on that song for months and months and months and then there was that time near the end of the of 2020 where you could travel so we kind of we went over to London and quickly recorded the music video <laughs> in like two days and then flew back and then again we had it all kind of ready but then everything was still kind of shut down then everything we went on lockdown again and we were like oh we don't really want to release a song in this time yeah it's yeah not gonna get kind of what it deserves maybe it might not be heard by as many people so then in february last year we released it am i asleep and the music video and everyone loved it and it was amazing and then it was still everything was still kind of pushed back from the year before like festivals and stuff so it was just a bit like oh we're still not doing anything it's <laughs> just kind of annoying but um and and again we were like we don't we have like we basically have so many songs written like we have album two done like basically oh, man. But, but we don't we were like I don't want to put out anything until it feels right we want the right team I want the right I just want if when it feels right so we need to record it as well we don't record it <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah it'd be good if we recorded it but um, so then we then last year we were doing stuff we did what did we do last year I can't even remember actually we didn't do anything <laughs> every the last like two years are a blur to me I can um, imagine yeah. yeah the past seven years really um so then, so then we then it was like the end of last year and our manager then at the time was like yeah guys no nah, it's not gonna work oh, dropping not you, again dropping you and 
And we were just like, yeah, I just feel nothing. Like, I literally, you could tell me you despise me. I feel nothing anymore. <laughs> I literally, I, I feel not like, uh, and yeah. So, so yeah, anyone listening, like, if you want to, like, shout hate comments at me, it's fine. <laughs> I feel nothing. I'm dead inside. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> like yeah so so that happened and we were like oh, okay yeah another one like it's fine i can deal with it so we were like okay let's just focus on ourselves let's just forget industry people let's forget everything and let's then it was like february and we were both like a bit lost i remember we were sitting in paul's room and we were just like i don't know like i know we want to be in a massive band but i I've, for the first time i don't know how how to navigate this like what yeah. do we do next? like what's like do we look for a manager do we what do we do and then Paul we went for a, a walk like we always have our little great meetings on walk <laughs> <laughs> so anyone if anyone's ever walking behind us like you'll just hear us talking absolute crap <laughs> but, so we we were just like okay what do we do what do we do and then Paul was like ah, let's just we'll just focus on TikTok everyone's on about TikTok like we had done TikTok but we had never really focused on it yeah and we Paul was like, okay, yeah, I'm I'm gonna make it my mission. We're we're gonna become massive on TikTok. And okay. I went home and I, I have my little vision wall thing where I write my manifestation all that stuff. <laughs> so I wrote on my wall, go we're gonna go viral on TikTok. And then the next day, Paul again, it's like the start again. The next day Paul uploaded um just a TikTok of our son car spin, like a clip of our video. And then the next day, I had like four hundred thousand views. Oh and man! We were like, oh, okay, what? So we had like a viral <laughs> moment. We'd never had that before. We had had kind of the industry virality, but never like real fans and stuff. Yeah, like not organic. Yeah, that kind of thing. So, um, it was like we were like, oh my god, like what is happening? This is insane. And we were like, oh my god, there's so many people like discovering us. It's as if we've just released our album because there were so many people saying listening to afterthoughts album for the first time and we were like oh my god it's as if we've just released it and it was amazing and then then the week after i got to go see michael McCormick. so that was very <laughs> good <laughs> i had the best time so uh, and then we came back and we were just blowing up on tiktok basically every time paul would upload something it would be like a hundred thousand views or whatever and then uh, literally like two weeks ago our song in autumn we paul put up a, a live clip with the the song over it and it got a million and we were oh, like man. oh my god like i went straight to tesco and bought a bottle of prosecco celebrate it like this was it was like we had never even now, like I'm still like, what the hell? Like you always hear like, oh, TikTok and stuff, do it. And then a part of you is like, oh, I don't want to do it. But then it's I, anyone listening, like, do TikTok. It is so worth it. But then the story gets even crazier. See, Gray, when we don't right. do things normally in this one. <laughs> <laughs> so then we, um, then Paul uploaded that on Reels that that in autumn clip, and oh. that is now at three million. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, it's crazy. So now we've gone viral on Instagram as well. So just and it's just like hundreds and like thousands of people every single second, basically. Like I had to, I have to log out of the Greywind page because I'm like, I can't. There's too many notifications. Yeah. But Paul, like Paul, the thing is, I'm so lucky to have Paul because he's so good at 
social media a lot of people think we have a social media manager mm. now they're like oh whoever your social media manager is amazing <laughs> and I'm just like it's Paul <laughs> like, we're just doing it all ourselves like we've only we're actually working with um Jason Perry now as our manager with um Adam Perry and uh Pip Newby so we were we have three new managers now um as of last week so so it's really good now and there's people we really trust like we work Jason is like basically another member of the band <laughs> like he was there recording after us he's been through all that time with us he's seen everything that's kind of ever happened to us so he gets it so I'm, I'm we feel very kind of lucky that we're now surrounded it feels like with good people that we can actually trust yeah um, yeah yeah which is very important and, and it's so hard to find that though it took us a long time to find <laughs> um, so yeah so, so yeah the yeah. the tiktok thing like yeah. i've talked to dozens of musicians now from guys that are just new at it to yeah. doing it 25 years and one thing they all say is when it comes to social media and bands it's like playing roulette yeah. And they all say they've a fear of TikTok. You know, it'll put something up and it just doesn't do well at all. Yeah. I had one guy on, Vatica, and he went viral on TikTok, but it was for, he can't seem to get his music to go viral, but he does videos where he's talking about the history of bands and stuff. They go viral. So what is your secret? How do you make it go viral? I actually don't know I literally again it's like what you said it's like roulette it's like sometimes and I think I asked this, this to Paul actually because I I'm just kind of there <laughs> Paul's the, like super genius behind it all but I literally asked him I was like like what what's happening like how is this happening and it's he said yeah it's just keep posting just keep posting and it will I know that's so annoying to say <laughs> keep posting but it will it will click like we've posted even on like instagram i'd never thought of you could go viral on instagram yeah, like actually oh so, like we like we put up a thing that i say the other day on last so last week so last this time last week on monday we had four thousand followers on instagram today is monday again so a week later we have sixty-seven thousand. Oh so my. we've got a an insane amount like of followers and views and just love in the past like week alone <laughs> and then that's not counting the the tiktok and all that and even our like spotify now we had we started i think three months ago we had two thousand monthly listeners now we're almost at a hundred thousand we're oh, at like man. 90 something thousand just no we have no playlists we never got on a playlist it's just organic people and you never it's like the kind of the I feel like it kind of I've said this to Paul the other day I was like it's so weird it's how as soon as we said oh let's start again and just forget everything that happened and just do it ourselves how we started the band basically and then it feels like something insane has happened again for the second yeah. time yeah. which doesn't happen but I feel like it's happened in an opposite way this time instead of all the industry stuff which obviously was amazing I'm grateful to have been able to sign a record deal and stuff like not a lot of people get to do that yeah. but for to reach a, like millions basically of fans is crazy like I've never felt like the love like that I feel like so appreciated which is very strange because I feel like we're all me and Paul were always trying to like convince people that we were good like 
not fans or anything, but like mu the music industry people, like we're always, I feel like the star, everyone was like, oh, this is amazing. And then once one person says, oh, I don't like that, then they're all like sheep. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I don't like that either, actually. And it feels so good to feel on those songs that we got dropped like four times by. <laughs> we still have, there's still those same songs that we believed in back then. And it, it just shows don't ever give up and keep, keep posting basically and keep like we didn't like I've we posted on Instagram like nearly every day for, for the past like seven years like, <laughs> and only now we've gone viral and it's as if we've toured the world for that whole time all the times looking back now I'm like okay it's made up for all that time all those tours we didn't get or weren't put in for or whatever like it's made up for all that and at the time I'm like wait why is this happening? Like, this is so unfair. And it's, and then people are probably looking at us thinking we're living the dream, which at points we were, it was amazing, but it, it just shows don't give up. And that's what I would say to people if on TikTok or even Instagram, just keep posting and eventually it will click. And just if you believe in it, it will click. What I think is really strange is like, you're getting so many new fans discovering you. Yeah. And they're like, who's this new band? Like, why haven't <laughs> I heard more about them? But on the other side, with, with your experiences, you're practically like music industry veterans by now. You know, yeah. it's so strange. Yeah, I feel like that's I feel like because the start of our career, we were thrown into the deep end. Like our in our first 20 show, I think it was like our 15th and 16th show. We're Reading and Leeds. So we had to it's like fight or flight like you have to either be really good and like I'm not saying we weren't perfect but we were still we were giving 110 percent like we were and we were it, I think because it was all we've ever wanted we were trying our best to be as good as we possibly could be at that time and I'm even now I'm so proud of how far we've come even on our live show I feel like it's just come along such a long way and even when I look back to our first shows I'm like I don't even know how I did that like I'd never been on a stage with a band before like it was we were this was our this is our first band <laughs> like so it's so crazy at what everything that's kind of happened and yeah one thing I'm dying to ask is how did you go from, you know, playing the big festivals, you know, say on a Friday night, you're at Reading and Leeds and then Monday morning, you're back in Killarney, like polar opposites. How did you deal with that? <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't deal very well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was difficult. It was really difficult. like I struggled a lot with my mental health back then. Like I'm kind of I'm good better a lot better now but your album too you'll hear a lot <laughs> you'll know <laughs> even Paul like we it, it's really really difficult to go from like you're literally like in a place where you've watched on tv and seen like Kerrang magazine like your whole life and then you come back here and you're in the same house that you grew up in and it's as if you haven't done anything and you sit you feel a bit like oh and then you're getting emails from managers saying you're not doing good enough and it's like you're just things like that and you're just trying to prove constantly and you're like but I started my career with every major label after me I must be doing something good that's that's what kind of kept us going and we had I remember we had like Zane Lowe saying this is a moment you won't forget if you're a fan of rock music and stuff like that I think kept us like going when anytime anyone tried to say something negative like it wasn't constructive criticism it was just pure like 
toxic negativity that people would say in music industry wise and it's you just have to think okay block that out and at times I didn't do very well at blocking out I'd be like everyone hates me all that kind of stuff but but you have to realize wait no there's and we're lucky that our fans at the time when we we had we had fans but obviously there wasn't a lot of them but there are fans who have been there since day one and along the way are the most dedicated like caring people and they like they have tattoos there's people who like five years ago got tattoos like in the times where I was like crying at home wanting to play shows there's I go on Instagram then and I'm tagged in a photo of some kid getting a tattoo and it's like then you feel like why am I complain like why are you I don't know it's just such a weird it mentally messes you up so much I could imagine so, so now then when there's like the even the past two weeks when there's like thousands of new fans I'm like oh my god it's I feel like there's so many more of them now and they all our friends are really lucky they're also kind and very patient because <laughs> well, I know we've taken a long time to release like more music and stuff but I can say it'll be worth the way it will be worth the way glad to hear it glad to hear it and would it been just you and Paul was that always the plan from the start did you ever have more people or even interview more people to join the band I remember before we went up to the studio that first time to record the demo we there was a guy here in Killarney that we had kind of scouted <laughs> we like went right. down to a bar and we're like pretending not to look at him like <laughs> we were watching how does he play guitar but um yeah and we we auditioned him and we thought oh yeah do you want to be in the band like and then he like messaged Paul the next day and was oh no I'm busy with college I can't do it so, uh. yeah I've seen him a couple of times it's a bit awkward I'm not, he's like oh how's that like, oh, it's awkward <laughs> he's like, yeah I played Reading last week <laughs> it's just yeah it's yeah but you know if that kind of happens like I guess you don't know what's gonna happen like but yeah um but yeah he was really the only kind of one and then we've had uh we always wanted I think after that we were like let's just keep it the two of us keep it simple get session musicians or something around us we didn't really know again like I said we weren't planning on we didn't think that far ahead <laughs> we were just like let's go out a song we weren't thinking of how we were going to get a band I didn't even think of playing shows I never thought I thought of that in my fairy tale world but I didn't know how I was going to do that but I knew yeah. I was going to do it somehow so yeah it, yeah so we have session musicians then who play live to make the full great one sound but even I think it works well just me and Paul we love writing songs together and it's like I said we have the same taste of music so it's easy to write like we know our references and so we get it <laughs> so there's uh, obviously never any sibling rivalry or any big fallouts between the two of you then, is there? No, not musically, but probably about stupid things. Like, <laughs> Yeah, we'll have our Oasis moment now in like 10 years. <laughs> we'll have a massive fight. We'll pretend to fall out for like a while, then come back and sell out stadiums or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely a good plan. <laughs> oh, At this point, I usually ask, what... Out of the gigs you've played, what gigs do you think have made you? Oh, that's a really good question. I'm going to say the shows we played in 2020, actually, right before the whole lockdown, we played with Palo Royale in Dublin and Belfast. And both shows were incredible. But that Dublin show was like, I've never experienced anything like that. Like we were first on and I felt like I was headlining the show. Their fans are insane like they're the, they're so usually sometimes when you you're supporting 
you just know like a bunch of them hate you or or you they might not hate you, you just again see i think everyone hates me <laughs> <laughs> you know when everyone's just kind of standing there they don't know your band so they're not going to be jumping around but these these kids like they learn it's as if they had learned the words and i got handed roses at, in the set and like that's for a support band like you that's very rare i genuinely felt like i was headlining to like a thousand people it was that was amazing and even the whole experience Pally Royale they were such nice guys as well it was it's so nice when you see big bands be polite and I always find that as well with the bigger bands always the nicer ones it's the smaller ones that are like yeah I suppose that makes sense all right the bigger yeah. ones have made it they can relax whereas yeah, uh, the smaller yeah. ones are so competitive yeah yeah so that was probably my favorite Again, then I loved obviously the festivals and stuff, but I feel like that was at a time when we were so unhappy within the industry side of it that I feel like I couldn't, I didn't fully enjoy it because of that aspect. But so I can't wait to play all those again now and enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so. I always have this image of, you know, bands from America and even the UK. Yeah. I think they have a lot easier than bands from Ireland, you know, because it's so hard to make it in Ireland. What do you think of the Irish music scene? Yeah, I don't like we haven't. Re I think that's even why we kind of went over to England over here. We didn't really start here because we didn't know we didn't have any friends in bands here. I still don't have any. <laughs> <such a moment laughs> here. Like, um, so it, I feel like. I feel like there's so many bands in Ireland, but there's no, I feel like, like you, what you said a minute ago, there's a lot of competitiveness. And I think people, like we've had, I've, I know a few bands, I'm not going to name anyone, but we've had comments, like I've seen on like Facebook and stuff of like bands a couple of years ago, like just it's like criticizing us for no reason. Like it just, and it's like fair enough if that's your opinion, but they're like, saying oh they bought onto shows and it's like no I had a booking agent like <laughs> I don't know how to go about paying to get on a show or oh they they're manufactured and it's like no I'm I was born in my mother's womb like with my like, <laughs> we weren't made in a lab like so that's it, a good answer know, yeah so it's like things like that. I think it, they I feel like people really it's not like, you know, when you when I was growing up where you see bands like Fall Out Boy and Take Em Back Sunday and Panic at the Disco and they're all like friends. I feel mm. like that I want that to exist so badly in Ireland, but I haven't felt it maybe it exists and I'm not part of it yet. Hopefully we can be part of it. <laughs> but I haven't, I feel like there's like Fontaine's DC who are massive and then there's kind of little, like smaller Irish, not little, but smaller Irish bands then who are doing amazing, but we're not all like connected I don't know it's yeah. so hopefully someday that can happen but yeah I don't know why I think it's the Irish thing as well a lot of people wait for you to get big somewhere else and then come <laughs> back and it's that classic thing again I remember reading about is it the Cranberries they had they went off to America and then came back and sold out all their Limerick shows whereas when before they left they were playing like linger and stuff in Limerick and there's like 10 people there and it's like you have to go away to come back yeah. I think so, yeah I think yeah. Irish people are kind of like hmm I'm gonna see if other people like you before yeah. I like you exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah so and then again England it's the same it's like we have we've really amazing fans in England but again it's like I don't feel like we're part of any scene over there and we never kind of were it's like we were always felt a bit like the outsiders I feel like we always try to be friends with 
certain bands and stuff, but they just <laughs> wouldn't want us to be friends. <laughs> I don't know, it's like because we're Irish, then you're it's kind of the thing of oh, you're not English, so then it's like uh, so I don't know, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what would you say to people that say, you know, emo is kind of dead and gone, it's like the early 2000s, now is 2022, it's not a thing anymore? I would say. Have you listened to Grey Wind? Very <laughs> good answer. Very much alive and well. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would say. Listen to our album. And if you feel nothing, then I feel very sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm noticing as the interview goes on? You have the perfect answers. You have an answer for everything. <laughs> I do. I feel like I've so like, I feel like I've had everything said to me now. I have an answer for everything. <laughs> yeah. We've um, we've heard about the low points and the, the knocks you've got throughout your career. If you had to pick one thing that is the standout highlight of your career so far, what would it be? I would say the last two weeks. Honestly, if I had to say, like, again, I'm so grateful for all the stuff we've got, all the shows we've got to play and stuff. But I think the last two weeks kind of and even just the last month even has just kind of re like solidified what I felt when we were like when we started. I feel like I'm I've started a band again. I feel like I'm and I'm now not part of a toxic kind of music industry thing which obviously is always part of it there'll be more of that to come I'm sure <laughs> but but it's I just feel I've never felt happier to be in Greywind and I'm it's so weird I feel like people I feel like we've released Afterthoughts this year <laughs> like it's, it's crazy <laughs> I've never felt more like appreciated and loved I've, again I'm not good at taking compliments <laughs> so people writing all this stuff I'm like I don't even know what to say I just keep saying thank you thank you like I don't know how to I feel so like overwhelmed like I feel I feel like mentally exhausted in a good way which usually I'm mentally exhausted in a bad way <laughs> so it feels yeah I think the last just the last month has even I got to see micro romance like a month ago so it's it, the whole this whole kind of year has been from kind of the lowest like the start of the year started very low and now this has been and I'm sure Paul would agree it's been incredible I've, I never thought we would be viral on TikTok and Instagram like and have thousands of new fans with songs that we were told oh you it's a bit past it now there's only like three good songs on the album or little comments that have been said or or oh you're gonna be left behind like and it's like no why would I I'm not gonna stop so I think this year this past month has kind of re kind of given me a lot of faith and made me believe in Graham more than ever <laughs> good 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 and with you know the record deal experience and having gone viral what do you do next you know it sounds like it seems like such a headache to try figure out what you do next so what are you going to do next we me and paul are always plotting (laughs) (laughs) we're like pinky in the brain like we always (laughs) paul's the brain officer (laughs) yeah we all we're always plotting and we have a lot of plans I'm obviously not going to leak, <laughs> but you know, obviously there'll be plenty of new music. Obviously, I can't say when, but there will be, and a lot of shows next year. A lot of shows. Brilliant. Yes, brilliant. And before we move on to the last couple of questions, is there anything set in stone for the rest of this year? Not right now. 
we were we were actually gonna do a tour but then we decided no we we actually cancelled it because we were like we don't have new music ready I want to give these people the best show I don't want to just give them the same show they've seen a million times I want I want the best show the best lighting the best everything and I want it to be very special so next year we're going to just take over the world basically I feel like we're on the verge of that and now next year it's world domination for great <laughs> brilliant brilliant I know as soon as you uh you announce some Irish dates I'll be there straight away I actually you know I've watched so many of your videos now I can't wait to actually see you guys live yeah I can't wait even play Ireland again we played our first hometown show only this year <laughs> again back where it's like so we played yeah we played Killarney like in was it March yeah and then I got coronavirus after that so see oh, I'm not meant to be doing things like I have, to, <laughs> I have to just play Reading and I'll be like healthy <laughs> you know what definitely you have to write a song or something about because it seems like you get such a high and then it's straight down and back up <laughs> yeah they're, they're, you'll hear on on our new songs you'll hear the whole <laughs> The whole story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. So we'll uh, we'll move on to the last couple then. If you could see, I actually feel like I can predict what the answers are going to be. But okay. if you could see any performer or artist from history in concert for one night only, who would it be? Like, can I pick like a couple? Can I pick like a, a set? Yeah. Like a, yeah. Okay. Okay. You know. You know. <laughs> okay, Mike McGraw-Lance. <laughs> Okay. I'm going to say Queen. Right. My mom and dad saw Queen, and there's a photo of Freddie Mercury in my kitchen, of a photo that my dad took. And every day I look at it, and I'm just like, I wish I got to see Queen. <laughs> Freddie Mercury, like, he's, I, I watch videos of him all the time on YouTube, and like, I hope to be like 1% of the front woman of like what he was. So, Queen, imagine that. Queen Michael Romance. I'm going to throw Grey Wind on it just so I can be on the. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like Kanye West when he said, "What did he say? I wish I could watch myself perform." <laughs> <laughs> um, who else? Let me think. Jimmy Eat World, because I love them so much, and they, I think they have. I've seen them have. They have a very similar story to Grey Wind in a way. They got. They had their album Clarity, and then they got dropped by. I think was it Island Records as well, or it was some record label? I mean, it was, I always felt like, oh, okay, Jimmy Eat World made it through that. <laughs> Um, who else? I'm trying to think. Fallout Boy, Taking Back Sunday. I'm just going through my head now. <laughs> um, we'll throw Paramore on there just because female power, like, um, and I'm trying to think. I think that's a good a thin Lizzie, actually. We'll throw some Irish in there, <laughs> yeah. And the Cranberries, actually, the Cranberries as well. Yeah, Dolores. That's a very eclectic mix now, once you throw Thin Lizzie and the Cranberries. I just think that's good. I would go to see that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like, definitely. I wish that could happen, but sadly it can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doesn't get much better than that lineup, though. Yeah. And the next one, I definitely know the answer to this. If you could spend 24 hours locked in a room with any artist, who would it be? Oh, okay, yes. Um, I wish I had a different answer, but again, my chemical romance. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think it would be a very great time for me. <laughs> right, yeah. right. And do you think you'd be able to get over the whole fangirling and actually, you know, sit down and learn something from them? Yeah, I've had the, some of my friends actually had this conversation. They were like, Steph, like if you ever like 
play with my performance or like ever get to meet them or anything like you need to like chill <laughs> I was like I know guys I know when to turn like professionalism on but actually I don't I, I that, would, that would be a scary day for me I'll have to try and play it cool I'm sure I can yeah, <laughs> yeah I could imagine like you know obviously what he means to you meeting yeah. your idol like yeah. that it'd be be crazy I actually when we played Leeds Festival I saw Mikey Way so he plays bass for Michael Gromitz. He was, um, they were in a van next to us because he was playing bass for Water Parks, that band. And I was sitting in our van and I turned my head and I saw him and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I need to like get a photo with him somehow. And I had to ask our guitarist to actually go up for me because I phys- I couldn't see. <laughs> and then I just got the photo. I was like, thanks. And I just walked away. I couldn't, I couldn't cope with it. Like, but hopefully now I've had more experiences, but I can kind of, Kind of handle myself better but i don't think i will <laughs> yeah <laughs> you never know you never know you guys could be supporting them next time to come uh, to ireland let's let's hope let's hope <laughs> that'd be the dream anyway yeah. oh my god <laughs> and the final question if there was a song that could appear on the soundtrack to your life what would it be oh that's a good question Oh, I have an answer, but again, it's Michael McGromance. <laughs> I was expecting it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it. I think Famous Last Words, that's probably one of my favourite songs of all time. And that song, I relate to that so much. And even the video, everything, he's just, I don't know, about not giving up. And I, I think that's kind of sums up my life and sums up Greywind as well. So I think you have Famous Last Words. Again, Michael McGromance, I'm very sorry. <laughs> I wish I was more creative. <laughs> <laughs> now that you say it actually that is the perfect song to sum you guys up yeah yeah I, I i've actually never thought of that either so i'm gonna use that from now on anytime anyone asks me that <laughs> <laughs> well steph it's been an absolute blast i've really enjoyed chatting with you and i yeah. can't wait to see what you do in the future thank you i've had a great time <laughs>
this is Bobby with the Rock Guys Podcast, and you are listening to Concerts That Made Us, the place where I get my rock fix. Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify. And if you're interested in signing up the Band Builder Academy, use the link in the show notes below and enter the code CONCERTS and you'll receive 10% off. So, until next time, keep rocking. Hey, hey, what are you guys still doing there? The show's over. It's over. You can go home. Go on. We'll see you next time. We'll be here.